Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Still morning. Stand with me if you would, please. Hold your Bibles up, your hands, whatever. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're glad you're here. Last week I began, you can probably turn me down just a touch. I think I'm a little spiky, a little hot out there. I'm pretty loud without anything. So anyway, we began a series on boundaries, and the subtitle is Who's Pulling Your Strings or Whose Puppet Are You? Uh, Every one of us in life have people who want us to be who they want us to be. Now, some of that may be with good intentions. Nonetheless, you're created individually. You have... Uh, You have to make individual decisions. And what happens oftentimes in life, we make decisions based on the number of people who approve of the decision we're about to make. And when I talk about boundaries, the boundaries, we should have boundaries in our life that prevent us from being easily moved. It doesn't mean those boundaries won't shift or change over time, but they shouldn't be blown up. They shouldn't be just immediately removed because a couple of people don't like the decisions that we've made and so many people in our society today don't have boundaries because they're afraid of being criticized for standing for something as one person put it years ago if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything and so the question has to be asked what do you stand for if I were to say what is your value system what boundaries do you have do you allow people to push you around do you need approval from others before you make a decision do you need a majority vote what what is it in your life that you have lost your identity to. Uh, When I moved back to Oklahoma City and started Mosaic Church, how many of you know when when you have a crisis, if you don't learn from the crisis, you'll probably repeat the crisis. So every crisis that you have, you take a step back and you ask the question, what can I take out of this that's going to help make me a better person or to keep me from having the same thing happen again? So you have boundaries. You set those boundaries, and if somebody says, well, that's a little over the top. For instance, some of you may have boundaries for your children. I had a boundary for my kids when they were growing up because of my position. Uh, You know, I didn't allow, and this is where you get pushback. People thought I was crazy. I said, you know, why do kids have stay all night with each other? So they can stay up all night and be cantankerous with you the next day? I figure if kids are staying all night at the house, there's no need for it if you're going to sleep, right? So I had a boundary. I said, you know what? Number one, my position, I, I, didn't, want, I didn't want other people in my house, kids in my They can come over and play all day, stay in the evening. But it was a boundary I had. And some of you even now are going, that's crazy. You can think what you want. I didn't ask for your opinion. I decided these are my boundaries, and this is what I feel good about, and this is the way I feel like I'm, I want to live my life. Do you see what I'm saying? And it requires of us the willingness to stand alone if necessary that that maybe everybody doesn't like 
the way you're raising your children. Maybe everybody doesn't like the way you live or the boundaries that you have. They're not the one that will suffer the consequences if you don't have those boundaries, and they're not the ones who will be rewarded if you do. So it's an individual situation, and in our world today, we are quick to blame other people for why we are the way we are. I hear people all the time, you know, my parents this, my school that, my community, and all of a sudden we start blaming every, everything we were brought up in, and I know where I was brought up, and I know if you drove through there today, you'd probably wish you had a gun. And, and I mean, it's, it's just not, you know, it, it was a rough area back then. It was more cowboy than corruption, and, and it was just the area that if you didn't fight, uh, you were going to get spanked. I mean, there were so many things I disagreed with, and I thought, I want to get out of here. But a lot of people, and again, I love the people I grew up with. They were really wonderful people, but we were all, in my estimation, misguided when it came to establishing individual boundaries instead of community boundaries. How many of you know that communities have boundaries? And that's fine. Ours was pretty rough. That was the boundary. If you're going to live here, you're gonna, this is what you're going to go through. Well, I didn't like that. I mean, it was, it was a rough way to grow up, and I didn't want my kids to grow up that way, so I changed things and established new boundaries. And so I have this up here because some of you have seen these, you know, on CSI or whatever. And at a crime scene, they put these up to protect the evidence. Well, I just wanted you to have a visual of when we, we're called to guard our hearts above all things and that we don't let people behind here that could contaminate the evidence, in our case, to contaminate our boundaries. People that get behind there and start walking all over our boundaries and messing up the things we've established, you have to draw that line. And it doesn't mean you have to be mean. When I say boundaries, A-type people think, bless God, somebody's finally rising up. I'm not talking about boundaries don't have to be mean. They just have to be boundaries. You don't have to get mean when somebody challenges that boundary. You just smile and say, well... You get to live your life the way you choose, and I get to live my life the way I choose. And, and don't get mad. But oftentimes we get mad when people don't buy into the boundaries we've established. And if we get mad, you know what it means? We either don't trust the decision we made, we're afraid we're wrong, we're insecure about the boundary, or we're afraid of losing the person giving us that opinion. You have to be willing to lose people because if you do, you will find people that identify with your values and your boundaries. And some of y'all don't think you can ever have any new friends, and so you don't trust that you will, so you hang on to the ones you have because you're afraid of losing them, and it's an unhealthy relationship. I used to golf with a guy that was very renowned, and as a matter of fact, made me feel good being around him because he was well-known all over the world. And one day, God dealt with me and said, I want you to stop. And he said, why would he do that? Because when I was around him, he was very cynical. He was very negative all the time. And I noticed it, but I thought, but, but you know what? And this is sick thinking, but it's one of those things where you think, well, I'm around him. He can help me, and maybe I can help him. But the reality is, it's not about who I can help or what. It's about, does God want me to be in this relationship? And so I... I cut the relationship off it was just we golfed it was a friendship but it was just negative so my boundary is and still in my life today my boundary is i will not be around negative people who are always talking negative dumping their negative trash into my soul 
don't cross the tape and contaminate my soul. And you say, well, that's their fault. They need to change. No, it's up to you to draw the line, create the boundary, and say, I'm not doing this anymore. And it sounds mean, and in a world that has no absolutes any longer, from politicians to whatever field you want to be in, it's all about getting reelected. Now, not everybody's that way, but I have a tendency to believe that in a world that is trying its best to make everybody just alike, it's never going to happen. It was never God's intention. Uh, diversity creates uh, growth in all of us if we handle that diversity correctly. And, and that we can have disagreements with other people without getting angry, okay? So, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start on down. This is out of the Message Bible. Remember, Jesus sent out his 12 disciples, and he was sending them out to represent him. And he told them to go in and, and to heal the sick and raise the dead and kick out demons and touch the untouchables. He, he had all this laid out. And then he said, here, I'm telling you to go do this, but here are the boundaries that I want to set for you when you go out. When you knock on a door, this is how the Message Bible, be courteous in your greeting. He said, so one boundary is, I want you to always be kind. I want you to be generous in your communication. If the people that open the door welcome you, be gentle in your conversation. If they don't welcome you, he said, here's the boundary. Don't try to crank their arm. Don't try to change them. He said, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. In other words, don't go tell everybody that house is marked. They don't want Jesus. They don't want anything we have to say. He said, shrug your shoulders and be on your way. One translation says, shake the dust off your feet. He said, here's the boundary. Don't try to make them do something they don't want to do, but introduce to them information that could change their life forever. When I used to share the gospel, I was so passionate uh, preaching on the streets of New York City and, and New Orleans during Mardi Gras, just anywhere I would go. I was very passionate about winning souls, almost to the point where I was probably repelling people because I was trying to convince people of my standard instead of convince them with the love of Jesus. And so it's very important that we understand that boundaries help us create an individual identity versus taking on someone else's identity. Matter of fact, many people today have embraced the identity of their mother, their father, a, a hero, a sports figure, whatever, that they've created an identity to try to be like somebody else. And if you're trying to be like somebody else, who is being you? Boundaries help us to maintain an identity that we can wake up every day and go, this is me. It's the result of the decisions I've made, the boundaries that I've set, and I'm not going to try to blame anybody else. But we live in a world that is constantly trying to blame others for our inadequacies, our flaws. You can change. You can be different. You can, you can break out of the mold of maybe a, a past, a family that has been corrupt or didn't follow God or whatever, and, and, and they may say, we don't want anything to do with you. I had a friend that grew up in Pennsylvania, and uh, he grew up a strong Catholic family, a big family, and, and he was a great athlete, and, and he got around some athletes who were born again and 
loved Jesus and led him to, to Jesus. He went home and told his family that, that he had accepted Christ. And uh, they said, that's not acceptable, and kicked him out of the house. He could have easily said, well, let me adjust or not say anything or talk about. And he wasn't mean. He just was excited. And they removed him from the home. And he politely shook the dust off and left. Well, over time, because he maintained that boundary and that standard, they respected who he was. Even in the moment they didn't agree with him, they respected him for establishing that boundary. Long story short, over time, they all come to know, came to know Jesus because he didn't move based on popular opinion. And the popular opinion in that home was everybody was but him chose not to follow God. He chose to, but he held the boundary. If somebody wants you to change, and oftentimes marriages, people get married, and they go, I love everything about them but one or two things, and I know I can change them. Let me know how that's working for you. Probably not going to happen. So you're going to be the one that has to change maybe the way you think about what they disagree with, or it's not going to end well. You say, but if I do that, I'm compromising. Probably not. As long as what they believe doesn't become what you believe in order to then get them to like you. It's kind of heavy, huh? I'll see if I can lighten it up in a minute. But even Jesus had boundaries. So, personal boundaries. Let's just talk about this for a minute. Personal boundaries are the limits and rules we set for ourselves within relationships. Now, if you have children at home, you can explain to your children, here are our boundaries. You will respect your mother and your father that's that's a boundary we set and if you don't here are the consequences for those now a lot of kids don't know what the consequences are so they do something wrong you surprise them with a consequence and they don't learn from that people learn from information they don't learn typically they just know I don't want to get spanked they're learning from pain but you can prevent the pain by giving information Joshua didn't say, well, I think as for me and my house, we'll try to serve the Lord. We'll consider it. We'll have a discussion. He said, the boundary in our household, we will serve the Lord. You know, you don't get up and come to church on Sunday oftentimes just because, you know, well, I think we will. Most of you come because you say a boundary in our life is that we're going to worship God corporately. Now, I hate the pandemic, hated it, still hate it. And I know that COVID is real. I had it. I get it. But I also had the flu, and the flu was harder on me than COVID. Now, I know people have died. I get all that. I want to be sensitive. At the same time, I want to be a little prophetic. I believe that our country has been grossly and greatly lied to on a large degree, on a large scale. I'm not minimizing the loss. I'm not minimizing the disease. None of that. But what I'm saying is, that you don't ever quarantine the healthy, you quarantine the sick. When a country's quarantined that's perfectly healthy and capable, you have taken that freedom. So now, many people, after the year that we've had, have drawn new boundaries, me being one. I will never shut this church down again for any reason if I have to preach to myself. So if, if Delta hits here... So what are we going to do? I'm going to preach. Now, I'm not trying to be defiant. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I've just established a boundary 
and I'm going to live that boundary. Now, you can disagree with that. You can even criticize me for that. I'm not mad at you. You have a right to your opinion. You have a right to your boundary. But I'm not going to let your opinion change my boundary. And if I'm wrong, at some point, I'll repent. I'm not going to get mad at you. I might think you're dumb. But anyway, um, told you I'd try to lighten it up a little bit. But this is one of those messages that requires you to chew a little more. This is not going to melt in your mouth, not in your hands. This is a steak you're going to have to chew on. Because most of our country no longer has boundaries. Because if you disagree with a position that is being pushed by all the major networks, then you're narrow-minded and you are a hater. That's how they've shut boundaries down and positions is by saying, well, if you don't agree with me, you're a hater. Well, it depends on who has the microphone as to who can say that. Just because somebody doesn't agree with me doesn't mean you're a hater. It just means you have a different opinion than me. Yet in our world, those who are so liberally desperate want to convince people who have boundaries based on biblical principles that you are a narrow-minded hater because you don't agree with me. I don't have to agree with you to love you. I just don't have to follow everything you say. And I don't have to get mad about it. But we have come to believe, based on what's being taught on television, that everybody in D.C. is smarter than us. I promise you, I'm as smart as most legislators, representatives. I'm smart. You're smart. I'm not boasting about me. I'm just saying, if you get talked down to enough and you keep hearing it enough, you will believe what's being said, that you're not smart enough to come in out of the rain. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> Personal boundaries are the limits and rules we set for ourselves within relationships. A person with healthy boundaries can say no to others when they want to, but they also are comfortable opening themselves up to intimacy and close relationships. You know, th the problem with most relationships is they're based on not individual strength and boundaries, but whether or not someone approves of the other people. We have uh, a neighbor that is very sweet. Her husband's a doctor, and um, they, they're very wonderful. And, and she's so funny because she'll wear shirts like, I am a tree hugger. It's pretty bold, huh? Which I respect her for that. I'm thinking, you know, most tree huggers try to act like they're not tree huggers. But she just wears them, and we kind of laugh, and we just love them. They're just wonderful people, and I don't care. I mean, it, it's so funny, but her husband's not a tree hugger. So it's really kind of fun to watch. But used to, there would have been a day that I would have said, my boundary needs to be your boundary. And now I just don't care. Because I believe if you're hugging a tree when Jesus comes back, he'll either uproot it or rip your hands off the bark. You see what I'm saying? So boundaries don't have to be based on meanness or hate or anything. It just means this is what I believe. If somebody entertains that there's another way to go to heaven, I'm going to smile and say, well, let me know how that works for you when we get there. We'll see if we greet. I believe Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. It's a boundary. So if you want to have a conversation with me about that, it's not going to be a very good conversation because that's what I'm coming back to. And I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'm not going to hate on you. But I'm going to say it's my boundary. This is what I believe. I believe in miracles. 
And guess what? Probably everybody before they die will as well. Because when you get desperate enough and you didn't believe in him, but you're told the only way you're going to live is if God does a miracle, all of a sudden, zap, wham, booey, I believe in miracles. Now, don't be mean if you had that boundary. I told you so. I knew you'd come around to my side. No, you say, well, I'm so happy that we can agree that, that God will maybe do a miracle here. That's my boundary. Anybody talks to me about, well, you know, I don't believe in that today. I said, well, that's fine. I do. And I'm not going to move unless God moves me. Do you see what I'm saying? But we're so easily moved because we want everybody to like us. So I saw this post, and I love this post, and this will apply to some of you and, and maybe not others. But to me, it says, trying to hurt me by bringing up my past is like trying to rob my old house. I don't live there anymore. So people who want you to shift your boundaries will criticize what you believe in, attack what you stand for, argue over everything about you in order to get you to bend to their side. Now, next week I'll talk about this in a little more detail about how if you don't have boundaries, you will be a victim to manipulation. And, and so other people say when what they do, manipulators want to make you feel shamed about what you believe in and belittle you for what you believe in. My mother grew up in a family of seven. She had four siblings, mom and dad, so there were seven in the household. When I was young, my mother was the only sibling, child in her whole family that went to church. She had an aunt that took her to church when she was a kid, fell in love with Jesus, and went to church her whole life, and nobody else in the family did. In fact, when I got older and they used to come to our house and, and they would have annual gatherings of all the siblings and their spouses and playing dominoes and cards or whatever, I can recall my mother took a position uh, and she would talk to them about the Lord and they would belittle her. They would make fun of her. They would ignore her. They would talk bad about her. But my mother never moved that boundary. She was never mean. But I watched her stand for God throughout my entire life. And before every one of those children, uh, her siblings passed. And they're all gone now. My last uncle died Tuesday, my mother's last sibling. They all came to know Jesus because my mother said, You can have your opinion, but I'm not moving my boundary. Jesus is the only way. And she just stood strong. She wasn't mean. She'd get up and she'd pray for them. I've got her Bible that she'd write in. And she just believed God. And one by one, they started coming to Jesus. And over time, the more that came to Jesus, the more other siblings believed. But she never said, well, you know, maybe I ought to quit. Maybe I'll just shut up. Maybe I won't say anything. And she wasn't pushy, but she never, ever allowed an opportunity to be wasted if somebody was sick can I pray for you and she knew they didn't believe and sometimes they would get mad but she just stood strong and saying I'm going to pray for you I'm believing God for you it was a boundary in her life she said I'm not going to let what you believe come behind the tape and, and contaminate what I believe now again if we're not careful this sounds one sided but it's really not it's two sided it's you get to believe what you believe. I get to believe what I believe. But we are called to love each other anyway. And so it's been really strange that this, these people have invited us out. And, and we've been trying to get with them. But I don't know why they would invite me. They know what I stand for. But I love that because what it says is they're comfortable with their boundaries. And I like that. I can disagree. I may not agree with it. 
but I don't have to not be friends with somebody because they don't believe what I believe. As long as they're not trying to twist my arm and I'm not twisting their arms, but here's what I've realized. If you represent Jesus and who He is long enough, love never fails. Six subtle signs that your boundaries are being broken. Real quickly, you justify someone's bad behavior. I have been doing this a long time in ministry, a long time. And uh, I have, unfortunately, throughout the years, encountered abuse from one spouse to another. And historically, <clears throat> because <clears throat> women were not treated maybe the way they should have been treated, Husbands say, well, she deserved it. And then, of course, she would acquiesce and say, you know, uh, it, it was my bad behavior that caused him to act that way. You, you never act bad enough to be abused by another human being. Don't take the blame for somebody abusing you. But you see, that's a boundary. And if uh, there's a strong manipulator, they will convince you that that boundary really is off. No, it's not off. Biblically, it's not off. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a child of God. And when somebody harms you, think about daddy. He's going, that's not what I made you for. You are not to be beat upon. You're not to be abused. You're not to be harmed. And, and you know, so it was very difficult early on in my ministry. I, I had to seek counsel to give counsel. But if, if that ever happened, I would tell them, remove yourself from that situation. That's not what you're called to do. Well, historically, religion would say, no, you just stay and put up with it. And I said, I disagree. And so we have to realize that boundaries will always be challenged, and we, we can't allow them to be broken. You blame yourself for things going wrong. You blame yourself for things going wrong instead of saying, I'm going to evaluate what I did or didn't do and I'm going to hold this boundary true. You feel shame. You start doubting your decisions. Uh, when you start doubting your decisions, it's not a time to explore outside of God. It's time to explore the Word of God. Every decision you need to make, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. So if you're mistreating someone, say, is this the way I would want to be treated? My boundary is if I won't say something to you, then I shouldn't say something about you. Yeah, because you say, well, what do I do if? I tell people, if I can't say it in front of the person I'm about to t tell you about, then I'm not going to say it at all. So if somebody asks me, I'll say it. And if somebody said, did you say that? I say, yeah, I did. Well, why would you say that? And here, let me give you the list of reasons why I would. You see, sometimes we're better because someone told us the truth about ourselves that we didn't know. It's called honesty, not something we practice a lot in today's world because of political correctness. What would happen if somebody just let you run off or step off a cliff or step off a curb in front of a bus? Wouldn't you yell at somebody that was about to take their life? And yet sometimes we allow people emotionally, mentally, metaphorically, spiritually, whatever, to do things that really is destroying them. It's a boundary that we have to set. We can't expect other people to do what we want them to do by osmosis. They're not going to do that. So boundaries are good to say, this is what I believe, this is what I do. For me, people say, well, how long are you going to preach? Probably till the day I die. 
Now, I've tried to get out of it. And I've, I've fig- tried to figure out every way possible. But the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. My call has, is irrevocable. So it's not like when I hit a certain age, God's going to say, okay, you're done. So I, I've had this, this wrestling thing with me, in me, that this is what I, now I'm not suggesting anybody's wrong for retiring. That's, that's between you and God. But in my particular profession, this is just what I feel today, that I, this is what I'm called to do. And, and there are Sundays, oftentimes out of 52 out of the year, that not every Sunday do I go, oh, joy. Some Sundays go, oh, God. But my boundary keeps drawing me to him and to this and to you. And that I want, I want a strong Christian church. And it's not about smoking, drinking, cussing, chewing. That's what religion has made this about. What about not gossiping? What about loving the unlovable? What about being kind to, to mean people? Oh, it gets real quiet, doesn't it? Because it was pretty easy back in the day not to do those things. And, and, and probably still easy today. But the reality is what's really difficult is the words that you speak. Being kind to people. Speaking well of people. Not denying. I mean, you know, obviously there are people that aren't fit for certain situations. And, and you have to be honest about that. I've had people on staff before. I said, you know, I just don't think in my, in my world you're not called to this world or to our church world. Maybe you're called somewhere else, but I really don't know that you're called at all and that's not my job it's yours but I'm just saying this is my opinion and you know it's like a coach evaluating an athlete every kid that wants to be a pro ball player is not going to make it and somebody one day has to tell him you're not good enough to be here now you say well that's mean no (laughs) you're not good enough to be here you're not going to contribute to the team it's a boundary that says I'm going to do the best I can to create the best I can and, and that's, that's my boundary as a coach, as a pastor. Those are things you do in life. Um, you start doubting your decision. You sense something is off, but you don't take that sense to God. And you're afraid if you apply what you're feeling that you will be judged as narrow-minded. We have to have boundaries. Your decision is disregarded. That means that you know, you, you disregard it. If somebody attacks it, criticizes it, you disregard it. And you say, come on, come on in behind the scene. And then let me close with this. These are some signs of weak boundaries. Not just broken, but weak. So before they get broken, be aware of this. You don't speak up even when you're treated badly. I have a boundary that I'm not going to let somebody speak disrespectfully to me. And I would hope if I ever spoke disrespectfully to someone else that they would stop me. So my boundary is, if I'm having a conversation or somebody's attacking me, say, I will listen to you if you speak respectfully to me. Because if you don't have self-respect, you can't expect to get others' respect. If somebody thinks they can just go off on you and get by with it, let me tell you something. You're not doing them a favor and you're not doing yourself a favor, and you're not doing the kingdom a favor. We are called to speak to each other respectfully. Passionate people, type A people, people like myself, 
historically, when you're young, you think this is the only way to get through to somebody. Instead of looking at somebody and saying, you know, I really think you're a wonderful person, but you're not a real great fit for this situation. Now, they'll get mad at you, say you're judgmental, I hate you, you're narrow-minded, you're interfering, when in reality, you may be doing them a favor because there's something down the line better for them, and you would be interfering with that. But we don't do it because we're afraid of hurting other people's feelings. And your boundaries will potentially give opportunity. You didn't make it, but give opportunity for someone's feelings to be hurt. Now, they get to choose whether or not they're offended or hurt, as I said in the last series. But if we don't do these things and explain these things, my kids didn't agree with me growing up, the, the boundaries I drew for them. And yet some of them are applying the same boundaries that I applied for them. And I'm not saying every boundary I had for my kids were right, but, but for me at the time, I felt like it was the best thing I could do. Do you see what I'm saying? And I made that information known to them so that they weren't having to guess what the boundaries were. If you're married and, and you get mad at your spouse because they're continually doing something and you expect them to change, here's how you address it. Say, you know, I prayed about this. Here's my boundary. And I want you to know I love you, but I will no longer allow you to speak to me that way with a smile on your face. If they get, well, you deserve it. Turn your hearing aid up. But you see what I'm saying? Because we have a tendency to get angry, and here's what we do. We depend on our anger to deter them from talking to us this way ever again, which builds a gap between us because now everybody's walking on eggshells. Instead of saying, I love you, but here is how we're going to speak to one another. I wish I would have had this kind of wisdom when I was younger because intimidation was really a part of my game. Now, it wasn't intentional or by design. It was how I grew up. And I realized it was killing me and it was hurting my relationships and that I needed to just chill and have a Red Bull. You give away too much of your time and energy. These are just a few things. I did not trust God when I first started building a church. I would chase people all over the country that were coming to church that didn't come to church. And I thought, you know what? I think we have a great message here and great worship. And if you don't come, you're the one missing out. I used to spend way much too, too much time and energy. And now I decided, you know, I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. My standard is I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do what he says do. Instead of trying to manipulate, intimidate, I decided, you know what? My boundaries are good. Now, they may not be for everyone, but my, my boundaries protects you, protects me. Your boundary will protect you. And then oftentimes, if somebody has a tendency to get angry, if you set a boundary politely, it might help them change and go, you know what? I don't want to talk to people that way. You feel underappreciated and taken for granted. You say yes when you really want to say no. One of the greatest lessons any of us can learn is to learn how to say no. Ask yourself the question last time you said no. You know what our, our go-to is? I'll think about it. If you're really religious, I'll pray about it. But you already know the answer when you're telling somebody you'll pray about it. 
but you don't have the guts to tell them, and you hope they don't come back and ask you again. If they're kids, they will. You feel guilty for doing something for yourself. You constantly make sacrifices for others at your own expense. You repeatedly find yourself in unhealthy, one-sided relationships. In other words, you're doing all the giving. They're doing all the taking. You are a good person. You are the apple of God's eye. You are created in the image and likeness of God. You have a right to have a boundary. You have a right to have your own opinion, even if somebody thinks your opinion is a dumb opinion. And if your boundary is to go five miles an hour under the speed limit, that's a great boundary. Mine is to go five above. <laughs> or ten. And there's always a judgment. You know what I'm saying? People, well, you drive too fast. Well, I think you drive too slow. So let's just agree to disagree. Keep on driving slow, honey. It'll be good. Putt, putt. You see what I'm saying? I finally determined in my life that you don't have to believe in my boundaries. You really don't. For me to like you, you don't have to agree with my boundaries. For me to love you, you don't have to agree with my boundaries. I don't have to agree with yours. You see what I'm saying? We're all so insecure about our boundaries that if, unless somebody gets on board with my boundaries, I don't like you because what if my boundaries are wrong and that's what you're implying right now? But it's okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Thank God, I think we are moving forward some, but we, we may not be moving forward enough. I mean, I told you last week, I said, there are all these people have these ideas. It's, it's so funny, I was telling somebody, I said, you know, the Bible says don't be drunk with wine, and yet Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. So he said, wine's really not the problem. Shh. No other pastor in America will tell you this. But the reason I say this is because Little things like that create huge chasms between really good people. Instead of judging somebody, say, my boundary is this, your boundary is that, and I respect it. I have to preach a hip-hop message next week. <laughs> this is so close to my heart because historically my way to get my way was the goal of my way. And that if you're stronger, this is what happens. If somebody's stronger emotionally, mentally than you, not smarter, stronger, the stronger person pushes until they win. And that's just not right. You don't push. You lead by love. Jesus was not a rancher. He was a shepherd. Ranchers prod cattle. Shepherds lead sheep. There's a big difference. And there's a reason in the Bible it says he is a shepherd and not a rancher. I remember when I was a kid, we grew up around cattle, and they had a cattle prod. And if cattle didn't do what it did, it, we had this stun thing, man. You'd stick them, and, and it would move because you prodded it to move. That was not how they treated sheep. And guess what? We're sheep. God's not prodding you. He said, here are my standards. Love your neighbors. You love yourself. How many know that's a boundary? God said, that's what I'm telling you to do. That's a boundary. You love your neighbors. You love yourself. Ask yourself the question, is that my boundary? Love never fails. And so we love. 
number one boundary. If we could enforce that, most of the world would be a better place. I'm going to love you even if I disagree with you. I'm going to love you even though you disagree with me. My boundary is to not get mad. My boundary is to love. My boundary is to speak well. So when somebody starts getting negative, I irritate them sometimes because they say, well, I'm just venting. You need to find another room to vent in. Now, I don't mind you sharing. I'm just saying, but, but, but are we venting for resolve? Or are we simply venting to feel better? I'm real big on if we're going to have this conversation, what do we want to achieve by this conversation? Do we want to make this better, make the person better, make ourselves better? Or are we just going off on somebody? You see what I'm saying? So, throughout this month, I want you to ask yourself, what do I believe about? What do I believe about my boss? What do I believe about my kids? What do I believe about my marriage? What are my, what are my boundaries within these relationships? What do I want to see happen? How do I want that to be treated? I am so thankful for every crisis I've ever had because every crisis I've ever had has helped me to become a better person because I chose not to waste sin and crisis in my life. Crises. I've chosen that I'm not going to waste them. I'm going to become better. And it's taken a lot to stand for some of my boundaries. Should Mark Crow ever preach again? I could listen to a minority, a majority, and neither would be right. I listen to God. And if God says, this is what I've called you to do, this is my boundary. If you don't like the fact that Mark Crow's preaching again, you know, I'm sorry, but my boundary is I'm going to obey the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm going to trust in Him. And, and it's, it's not in your face. It's not defiant. It's in the face of God and in obedience. We do what He says. We honor Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You that You showed us in Your, your Word boundaries, God, of all kinds. And Lord, I thank You that we're called one boundary is we're going to forgive or else we won't be forgiven. I wish You had adjusted that, God, but that's not what You did. You said forgive and you will be forgiven. So Lord, we must start out with understanding forgiveness and love and and realizing that whenever someone hates, we're not going to hate back. Whenever someone doesn't forgive, we're going to forgive anyway. We're going to hold true to your word. We're not going to be led by our emotions. We're going to be led by your spirit. With every head bowed, every eye closed, the difficult thing in, in the world is not God's love toward us. But it's our love toward God. God loves everyone. That's never changed. The worst sinner the worst person on earth God loves. Now, it doesn't mean that, that He endorses all of our behaviors, but it means He loves us. The question is, will you love God back? We're going to pray a simple prayer that will make a profound difference in your life as you pray it. If you've not received Christ or you've walked away from God, your relationship with the Lord has waned to the point where if, if you heard a voice, you wouldn't know it was His voice. If you felt an impression you wouldn't know it was his impression you've you've lost sensitivity to the word of God the things of God and the spirit of God this is the reason that we gather corporately is so that we can fellowship and that we can be together and and that we can grow together the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and that you know the pandemic separated people into households and 
no longer need to come to church. And I'm just going to tell you, we're better off together than we are apart. And so we're going to pray a simple prayer. And it's not where you've been or where you haven't been. This is about putting faith in Jesus Christ. So pray this with me, all of you watching online, all of you in here. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to suffer and die for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. And I declare today, I love you, Lord. And I receive your love and your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, just text the word SAVE to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.